0: just send us an email. Use the contact button on our website, retirementunlimited.com, or just give our office a call. our phone number is 951-684-7011.
1: Welcome to the Tricord Advisors podcast where we talk through life's hard questions to help you make smart decisions with your money. I'm Jeremiah Lee, and this is Randy Barkley. We're both certified financial planners. I'm also a California licensed attorney. We're coming to you remotely today, so I'm in the office. Randy is traveling. We thought we'd still do the the show, you know, in different places. So today we're we're talking about uh, a few things, but kind of starting off to say, fifty is the new firing gun. Fifty is the new starting line. Um, with some it of the really is, change, I mean,
0: so many people. Yeah, so many people I talk to that are you know, they haven't started yet, or they feel like they've lost, it's a lost cause. And so we want to reach out to the people that are listening to us as well as that 50, you have a lot of advantages at 50. So at 50, uh, there are a lot of things that go on. For example, you can make uh, higher contributions, right, to your your retirement plan. So you get another $7,500 a year. You know, you can put more money into Um, Your HSA would somewhere in your 50, I think it's 55. you You can increase the amount of money going to your HSA. Hopefully you've refinanced your home and what debt you have. You're at a much lower interest rate before this rate bump that we had over the last year or so. But it's really critically important that you don't let headlines overcome your emotions because people have a tendency to get, if they get down, if they look at the future and they see that the future is going to be worse than what they want it to be they have a tendency to put the brakes
1: on, right? Mm-hmm. They have a
0: tendency to put the brakes on. They're not putting away as much money as they should be putting away. Yeah.
1: So anyway. To kind of give up, no, that's right. There's a, a lot of folks who've spoken with that in the you know, 30s and 40s, they were raising kids, getting promotions, working, doing things, and retirement was on the back burner. It was so far out of their mind. They were just trying to survive. But then they get to 50 and realize, hey, <laughs> this is coming. Or they get to 60 and they say, hey, this is coming around the corner. And then they decide it's time to get serious about retirement. Retirement savings, retirement planning. And I tell people on a regular basis, you know, when we look at retirement, kind of the income of what your picture looks like, it's not just I have one account or I have one pension. For most everybody, it's 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 a myriad of things. There's Social Security usually, there's some sort of inheritance perhaps. Um there could be a pension, there could be retirement accounts, um, there could be Roth accounts. You know, there, there's a number of pieces that kind of make your retirement. And this is we're talking about today, you know, at at, at 60, um, the, the, you're you're kind of putting band-aids on things, perhaps. If you haven't really saved, if you haven't really done anything significant for your future at sixty, you're in a harder spot. Still, a lot of good options. Still, a lot of progress that you make. But fifty really is, is the moment to say if you have not done really much at all for retirement. But at fifty, you say, "Hey, I, I'm ready to to move forward. You got time. You you can make this happen." And and part of it is the way the laws are. They have these catch up contributions. So if you usually can only put a certain amount into your retirement every year, you know, you're maxing it out, which is a lot of money. But if you're 50, you can max it out. Plus, you can do this added catch up. And for a lot of folks, that's that's like I said, it's a lot of money, but you might be in a phase of life where you realize, okay, the kids are out of the house, college is done. I'm at some of my higher earnings than I've ever really made. You know, if if we tighten up our life and we take a next 10 years and really plow into this, we can set ourselves up for the next 30 years in a way that we never thought possible.
0: Yeah, I think the emotions, You know, is the question is, is, do you have confidence in a comfortable retirement? And I think if mm-hmm. you ask most people that are 50 years of age, they would give you a negative response. I mean, again, there was a survey recently that, that 73% of the people that was asked that question, they just did not have a high degree of confidence that they were gonna be able to retire with any kind of degree of comfortability you know, Jeremiah, you and I have talked about this a lot when we, when we talk to people and they ask us what we do. And, you know, so much of what we do has, has more to do with investing. So much of what we do is to provide a confidence level to our clients that they're going to be okay. Now, there's a lot of checkoffs that go on the box that goes down that line. And, and it's not a one and done type of strategy. It, we can't give somebody a pill or a Band-Aid and say, OK, from this point on, you're going to be fine. It, it, it's so much more than that, because, for example, investing is a part of it. But we see so many people that that they've tried to do this on their own and they make some just literally some bad mistakes. Yeah. And, and again, there's a strategy and a process, but also the things that you do, for example, primarily you focus down not only on the investing, but the planning side, the estate planning. Beneficiary designations. There's so many things that we look at: tax planning, retirement. I mean, my goodness, and it's it's not a one time deal that works. It is an ongoing observation. I always look at it when you go to the doctor, and you go you go, you finally get into the into the office where he's going to do an examination. He's not going to take your recommendations from you and say. And this is the way I feel right now. This is this is the medicine I want, or this is the treatment I want. He's mm. going to look at you with, with an eye or he or she and say, no, we need to examine everything. And preventative health care is by far better than reactive health care. And it's the same way with your financial life. We want prevention, not reaction. You know, I think the comment that you made earlier, we were talking, is that it's it's kind of disheartening when somebody comes in and they have made all the mistakes, or they haven't done the preparation, and we feel like we're in triage, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a hard moment to to sit with someone and you know say they're, they're 63, and they want to retire at 65, and we're just starting a relationship with them. Um, you know, We've got right. some people that come in, they're in great shape, and we say, okay, let's tune this up, let's get these all working together. But you have assets, you've grown, you've, you've invested, you make smart choices. There's a number of folks who will look at their career and be like, well, where, where'd all the money go? Like you had a great career, you've made really good income, but we don't see where it saved. We don't we don't see what you have for retirement. Um, and a lot of that for folks who are that that retirement is just a question mark. You know, when we get down, we'll see, hey, this is good, this is bad, here's the adjustments we can make. And man, I part of what I enjoy is is even taking a harder situation and finding a way through, finding a path that works for that family, works for that situation. But for a lot of folks, like you were saying, Randy, you know, that you can have um, just uncertainty, unease. And you think of, you know, people come in, they talk about their, their budget and their spending and their investments. And, it, you know, they have an upset stomach almost thinking about it. You know, it all is just these feelings of angst when they look at, you know, what they what they have and where they're headed and they don't know. And, and a big part of what we do is, you know, the math and the psychology walking through where they want to get to, how we're going to do it, for the whole purpose that they can walk out of the office and feel confident in their future confident in their finances, that everything's being managed in a way that is useful to them, and that they have extra money each month. They, they're excited about where it's going. They know what to do with it. And just even to have that, that confidence of knowing what to do with your finances, um, I, I'm amazed at how many folks, um, you know, they make good choices or bad choices, but they do it without confidence. They just mm-hmm. do something because that's what their friends did. That's what they thought might help. Or that's what they heard on the news versus saying, no, no, I know that this is good for my plan. So one of the parts go of what ahead. I about. Of... go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. So one of the parts i want to talk about as we, you know, talk about retirement and you know, saying you're in your 50s or 60s. Well, what do we do when we when we invest the money? What do we do when people say, okay, here's my nest egg, um, I, it, it's you know 2023, I'm going to retire in four or five years, and what do I do with this? And we get that a lot. People will say, I have this nest egg and it, it's it's everything I have, but what do I do? And the, the feeling we just want to talk through what that looks like. So what we don't do is you know put it all on Google, <laughs> put it all on it and Apple. Um, basically, we build a portfolio, and the idea being that if if you bought one stock, then your future is tied to that one stock up and down. If you buy two stocks and one goes up and one goes down, well then you know, maybe you even out in the middle and that is called diversifying. You spread out your risk amongst two stocks. Well, about three stocks or four stocks or five stocks. And the idea is that we want someone to hold a whole basket of stocks so that their future is not tied to one specific company. We wanna you know, enjoy some of the upsides of you know, when Tesla has a good year or Apple has a good year but we also don't wanna be devastated if some reason you know, the iPhone flops or there's some litigation. And, and so we have a, a diversified basket and that takes your risk from being very centralized into one asset, one stock, and it spreads it out. So it reduces your risk and it creates a portfolio, portfolio that's robust. And we always have people, especially in seasons like this, they say, well, what should I be invested in? Like, where, where should I be? And the first answer that we always tell people like when we take on money or just speaking with clients, is you should be diversified. Like you should be in a lot of things. It shouldn't just be, okay, I'm betting on tech. I'm betting on this. And for a lot of folks who try and do this themselves, you know, they have one or two really good ideas. I think tech is gonna take over the future or um, I believe in oil or gas or I don't believe in oil or gas, whatever it may be. They have an idea and they have maybe three or four of them, but frankly, that's not enough. Like we need to be spread out amongst you know, kind of the entire market. So even if a whole industry, we, we call them sectors, you have an energy sector, healthcare sector, um, you know, growth and tech yes. sector. Yeah. If, if those fall apart, we don't want that to jeopardize a client's future. You know, that they have to work for four more years because energy had a bad month. You know, we want them to be spread out. Um, and, and so as, as we talk, I will talk more about this, but but kind of the idea of a portfolio, how we build a portfolio that, that's going to get you with your 50 or 60. that's going to get you from where you are to where you need to be.
0: Yeah, so stay tuned. What we're going to do is we're going to come back and we're going to continue this conversation and talking about how do we build a retirement that you can have confidence in that will give you the comfortability going forward.
1: Eight three seven one,
0: Or visit me, Randy Barkley, at retirementunlimited.com. Advisory services offered through Tricord Advisors Incorporated, a registered investment advisor. Clearing through TD Ameritrade
1: member FINRA, SIPC, MSRB. AM590, the answer. Welcome back. We've been talking about retirement. We've been talking about how we build an investment for someone who's approaching retirement, someone who's in their 50s or their 60s. And then what we do and what you know, any financial advisor would do to kind of get them to a successful retirement. We, we talked a little bit in the last part of saying 50 is the new moment to go. <laughs> if, if you have not started for retirement, if you've not saved for retirement you're turning 50, there's a, a number of laws that have, that have adjusted to say you have some great opportunities to save. And, and part of what we want to talk about next, this part is we're just starting to touch on sectors to say when we invest in a portfolio, we want it diversified. We don't want to buy one stock or two stocks. We want to be spread out over a hundred plus stocks so that if any company has a good year or a bad year, your future is not changed on that. But we often get clients that have ideas or or thoughts or areas they dot, like or dislike. And so I want to talk a little bit about kind of the sectors, I guess, as people break that down. Um, you know, in 2020, 2020, 2021, and 2022, uh, there's a lot about growth. You know, in 2020 and 2021, growth stocks, so companies that are developing, innovating, you know, things like Meta, which is Facebook, Apple, Amazon, things like that they did so well in 2020. They uh, grew and they expanded in 2021. But as we walked into 2022, they flipped. They flipped the other direction and they plummeted and they came way down. And folks who really enjoyed the growth in the first two years were really sad about the, the, the falling in the, in, the, in the second, in the third year.
0: Yeah, and I've illustrated to clients time and time again as they come in I said, you know, the last 10 years, growth had the advantage. And, but what you don't have with growth typically is dividends. The the people that manage those companies, they keep those, they keep all the profits and they, they build and, and add more to that value. And when interest rates were low, you know, that that was their advantage because they could borrow money at, at phenomenally low rates. So the question is going forward, we've seen actually an overselling last year of growth and we see a pop this year, but we're also seeing that concentration uh, a few companies, that are kind of driving the market. It's not a, it's not a broad spectrum. And of course, we're in earnings season. Mm. So as companies come out, certain companies are doing better than others. I think the surprise is that home builders are doing pretty well. Mm. Um, in fact, it's kind of driving the labor market right now because they need they need people to work you know, in construction. And uh, with interest rates jumping from 3% to over 6% in a relatively short period of time, you would think that, that real estate market would be kind of devastated, but it it's 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 actually done pretty well considering all the all the issues, right?
1: Yeah. And I think it's a good one to to highlight is that um you know none of these sectors are only by themselves. You know, real right. estate affects jobs. Jobs impact inflation and how much people are buying at the grocery stores. And you know, we're all related. <laughs> you know, all these all these different sectors and areas are related. And it, it'll be interesting with construction to I've heard some builders in the process of building as fast as they can, knowing that there might be a slowdown coming. Um and it, it's just an interesting dynamic in that sector right now, what profits will look like. And when when says earnings season, I mean it, there, there's moments where companies announce their quarterly earnings. And it's kind of a a season in essence where we get a, a peek into how well they've done over the last uh, either year, if it's a, if it's a year end or over the last quarter. And, and that means a lot for for companies of what they're gonna be able to do in the future, whether they're Profitable and pushing out dividends, whether they're going to grow, and often you'll see prices readjust. You know, after these earnings calls, of you know winners and losers, I guess to some extent. Um, so as we look at these sectors, they're they're interrelated, um, and some have good seasons, some have others. And for the good or for bad, if if growth has a, a good season, you know, tech companies, for example, um, you know, some folks want to get entirely out of them. You. Know, I did great. I want to take all my profits and then wait, wait for it to go down jump back in. And that's kind of like either day traders or folks who are actively um, trading in these markets, fully in, fully out, jumping in and back and forth. Others who take a longer term approach will say, okay, we know that Amazon is a good company today and they're going to be a good company in 10 years. if, If they believe that, then they might buy it today and know they're going to ride a little bit of a roller coaster. And for a lot of our clients, we're not trying to make you know, profits in a month or profits in two months or hit the trade right at the right moment. We're trying to build a portfolio that they can focus on living their life, but they can put money that's gonna grow for them, whether it's growing in in value seasons where, uh, you know, companies that pay dividends are more uh, appropriate or in growth seasons where, you know, things like uh, Meta or Apple or who else is is growing. On either season, we want our client's portfolio to be moving forward. And so that requires what we call rebalancing, um, adjustments at times, but we, try really hard. And a lot of advisors try this as well. They try not to just be day traders, not to be buying and selling, to try and make a quick turnaround, right. rather to say, "Okay, hey, what's the best long-term portfolio that we can hold now? And let's plan to hold it for a number of years. But knowing over time, things get a little skewed. And so we reorganize it periodically.
0: Yeah. I think what we're going through and what we've gone through over the last um, you know, last year or so with the reset of the marketplace every marketplace is going to have a reset. I mean, nothing's going to go up forever, but at the other side of it, nothing goes down forever. So your perspective of you know time is so critically important to your investment strategy. And So oftentimes people get myopic. They look at what's happening in the moment, let's say within a month or a quarter, or even a year, and they start to make decisions that are self-destructive. And we see this again and again, but I think in selection of sectors, what we're trying to look at is a rebalance. And we've got not only sectors, we've got a lot of different sectors. We've got almost you know, about 14, 15 different sectors that we look at primarily. But in addition to that, you got to look at the companies. If, if your portfolio is large enough, what kind of companies are you going to buy? And trying to hit the exact company that's going to be the winner over the next 12 months or over the next year or next two years or so, that's virtually impossible. And every professional manager, the people that we work with, that, that's just is an impossibility. It's like trying to pick out the winning team of the basketball, you know, the, the, the yeah, number Mar- one Mar- team. The yeah, and, and virtually impossible to pick. But if you make sure you spread your risk and you spread your investment portfolio, and you're constantly managing, looking at those companies or your positions, your sectors, you're gonna be a winner over the long haul, right?
1: Yeah. And let's talk a little bit about risk. And it's a great transition. You know, someone who is 30 can take on some pretty big risk in their portfolio. We're not talking about right. you know options and cryptocurrency and in those types of risks. We're talking about um you know buying full equities, you know, leaving out some bonds, leaving out some other, you know, slower but more stable types of investments, but saying, I want to be fully invested in the stock market, I want to buy companies that, I, that are gonna grow for me and, and produce um, a future that I'm excited about. When you're in your 30s, you, you have the ability to keep earning, your portfolios aren't as large, and your focus generally should be putting money into your retirement accounts. As you go on and get close to retirement, that risk needs to change. And you know, I, I see it as unfortunate, but on a regular basis we'll see it, someone who is you know say 60, and they'll either still have the risk they had when they were 30, And they can, you know, they've enjoyed the growth, but also right as you're about to retirement, they could see the market fall pretty quickly and their accounts fall pretty quickly in that moment. Or we'll see someone who's 60 and their balances are just very small and they've been investing like an 80-year-old their whole life, you know, and they just haven't taken on the appropriate risk. And and so part of why we say in this episode, kind of say 50 is is the starting gun, 50 is the moment to really get serious about your retirement, is when you're 50, you still have 10, 15, maybe 20 years of working and you can take on meaningful risk appropriately. That's going to get you some great growth and really improve your retirement. But as you become 60, as you make 63, as you make 65, the risk you're able to take on in those years just for retirement, uh, it's healthy to really dial back that risk. And so your your retirement doesn't get pushed off by years. Your life doesn't get meaningfully changed just because the market had a bad month or a bad six months. Right. I think, again, I think when I when I listen to you talk, I think because of the
0: differences in our age and, of course, the client base that we have and we deal with, we rub shoulders with people from all walks of life and all economic stratas. And the the overall goal is, of course, is to build a portfolio that people are comfortable with that. And again, you have to temper sometimes people's anticipation or they have a hot stock or they have a particular sector they would like to put all m- more of an emphasis, what we have to do is kind of rein them back. and again, that that particular stock may go up a lot. it may. we're not we're not trying to throw water on what I call good ideas uh, or we're the leaning, but we still want to be able to have a good outcome. And because we don't know what the future is, we want to have we want to have some ability to kind of monitor and temper those feelings a little bit because at the end of the day, if you take a percentage of your portfolio and you invest in things that are what I consider your higher risk, potential gains, uh, higher gains and such as that, but you're not risking the entire base. In other words, you're not selling, you're not mortgaging the house in order to buy the speculation, but you can, you can take some money and you can speculate. And if it wins for you, great. You know, we're, we're your best cheerleader. But if it doesn't win for you, you don't want to destroy your house, right?
1: Yep, that's right. And in the, about a minute and a half that we have left, I mean, that's a great comment to say, uh, you know, people who want to do real estate, people who want to do alternative investments, a private loan, um, even investing in their friend's business, you know, there's all these, these high risk um, type investments that can be hugely beneficial, but they have to fit into the larger plan. You know, and, and often, you have know, two spouses, one will generally be more concerned about security. And one will generally be more concerned about growth. And you know, it's a little bit of both for both of them. But what we can see in these meetings as we talk through with couples to say, hey, I want to do this thing. It's going to get us this great return. And they say, well, well, I don't want to risk it. You know, what does that look like? And so to build a portfolio that, that really secures their future, but also has potential for that, that upside, those higher risk pieces. And that, that part that's the planning to say, okay, maybe 5% of your portfolio can go to this. Maybe 10% can go to that. However, we need to make the other portion of it, or you know, at least 80% of it, to be in a, a stable, prudent, long-term type investments. And, and we work hard to, to yeah. give people that, that certainty and, and that even that, that psychological certainty to say, I know my future is in a good, in a good place. I know I'm gonna be successful. And it gives me the freedom to enjoy my time, the freedom to make you know, these the smaller size investments and in things that I care about or think are good, or good ideas without kind of um, betting the farm. So if you missed any part of what our discussion today, you can find us on YouTube. Uh, just look for Retirement Unlimited. Uh, or we can go to our website, retirementunlimited.com, and kind of check out uh, all of our past episodes. Until next week, folks. May you grow in wisdom and knowledge. Thank you for listening